1 John 4, a couple of verses here. Uh, I'm reading from the NIV. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Watch this. They are from the world, and therefore they speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. But we are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. From the very first verse that we read, you dear children are from God and have overcome. My subject tonight is I'm going to take him at his word. And I'm going to preach tonight, I am an overcomer. If he said that I belong to him and I have overcome, then by faith tonight, no matter what I see, I'm just going to declare, I am an overcomer. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for your presence and your spirit that we feel in this house. I pray today that you would guide the lips of clay. Lord, to deliver what you have laid upon my spirit, God. Touch, minister in this house tonight, God. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. Do the work, God, that only you can do. We'll be careful to give you all that praise that you're worthy of tonight. Would you clap your hands and thank him for his word tonight and what he has already declared about you in this place. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Unless you have been living under a rock, or perhaps you are part ostrich, you are very aware that this has been a year to forget. 2020 is the latest and the trendiest new curse word. Maybe the only one we can get away with. The simple mention of its name or its digits, if you will, brings on feelings, some of anger and of uncertainty, some of loss and sickness and disaster. And we could go on and on and on tonight, but simply said 2020 has reminded us of a fact. And though it begs tonight to be forgotten, it is unfortunately true. And sadly, it is not relegated to a specific year, not a specific race or class or creed nor a culture. But the real, my friends, is solely this. Trouble is part of life. Problems will arise, issues and situations will come, the enemy will rage, flesh will get out of control, cars will break down, viruses will attack your body, hurricanes will act like the big bad wolf and come to blow your house in. 
Roofs will leak. Tires will go flat. Your toe's going to get stumped. And the dog may get run over. Because trouble is going to find You may dodge it for a season. You may avoid it for a while. You may be the only house, Lord bless you, on the block that still has power. But rest assured, your day and your time will come. and You will have your share just like the rest of us. Doesn't matter tonight if you live in the mansion on the hill or if you live in the tent down at the bottom. Doesn't matter tonight if your bank account is full of zeros or if it in fact is just one big fat zero. Things are going to come up and trouble will come knocking on your door. When Adam broke the skin on that fruit with his two perfect front teeth, the game for us forever changed. Because all of mankind with just one taste of the forbidden went from a land without even the thought of trouble to a life destined to be filled with it. Let me prove it to you with the word of God tonight just so I don't make you mad at me. Job declared in 14.1 of his book, Man that is born of woman is of just a few days and full of trouble. David cried out in Psalms 3 and 1, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. So many, in fact, rose up that David later asked. Psalm 21 and 11, Be not far from me, Lord, for trouble is very near. Lest you think that troubles have ended and they aren't for the New Testament church, Our good friend Jesus prophesied of the last days in Mark 13 and 8 and left us with this nugget. For nation shall rise against nation. It's no wonder what's going on in our world today. And kingdom shall rise against kingdom. There shall be earthquakes in divers places and there shall be famine and troubles. Brothers and sisters, I hate to crash your party on this wonderful Wednesday night that we've come together. But we are not immune, and we are not exempt, and we did not get a free pass. Troubles are going to come, and they are going to be part of our lives. But before you get out the hanky tonight and weep, and before you get depressed and start scheduling the funeral and go in the morning. Let me preach to you for just a little while tonight because you need to make sure that you understand that the issue has never been about the trouble. See, I know we don't like it, and I know we tend to feel sorry for ourselves when it comes, but when we get finished licking our wounds and comparing our scars, the issue will still not be the fact that we have went through trouble. The issue with God is what will the trouble produce? Because the truth is this, tonight at the end of trouble, you'll be one of two things. You'll either be better or you will be bitter. 
Wish I had time to stay there a little while, but I'll move on with just this statement. Trouble can either work together for your good, that scripture that we love, or it can reveal about you that you were never called according to his purpose. We need to settle it here and establish it now and get a hold of an understanding that trouble, yes, it may come, but it has never been about the trouble, but it has always been about how we respond to the trouble when it comes. See, you can't help the fact tonight that trouble is going to find you in trouble. It's going to stalk you in trouble. It's going to enter into your life. And God would never hold you accountable for the things and the storms that blow in. But He will hold you accountable for how you respond to those things. See, I read to you about Job. And yes, he might have said, man, it's but a few days and full of trouble. But he went on a little further and he said naked I came in and naked I'm going to leave God gives and sometimes God takes away but blessed be his holy name come on somebody David may have complained that the enemies are rising up so much that I can't even count them anymore but he also recorded but thou O Lord are a shield for me you're my glory and the lifter up of my head. Come on, somebody. He said, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. Aren't you thankful you've got a God that when you turn your face toward him and you begin to cry out, he hears you tonight. Jesus warned about increased troubles of the end time, but he left us with his powerful assurance. He said in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. I've just come to tell you tonight, friends, we can't avoid trouble. We can't dodge it. We can't live in a bubble free from it, but we can be an overcomer in this house tonight. God has not destined us to be a failure, but in fact, he told us plainly that we are overcomers. And I want you to know deep, 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 deep down in your spirit tonight, no matter what 2020 has brought, and it may have come in like a flood to your house, but I want you to know tonight, no matter what it has brought, that Jesus Christ is still on the throne of glory tonight, and he's not there wondering, and he's not there in awe and confusion about what's going on in this world. But I hear the word reminding me of him that his arm is still not short and his ear is still not dull and his eye is still not dim come on he has all power in heaven there's no limits and his grace and his mercy will never run out aren't you thankful for it tonight I'm telling you tonight, no matter where you are or what you are facing, he can reverse the circumstances. He can remove the hindrances. He can replace what the enemy has stolen. And thank God he can rebuild what has already seemed to be destroyed. Come on, I can't tell you that you won't ever have to go through trouble tonight, but I can tell you, you don't have to go through it without hope tonight. Come on, somebody give him 
praise for that today. I've come to understand in this hour of talking and dealing and seeing that what we need is we need a shift of our eyes. And we need our eyes off of the trouble. And we need our eyes back on Him. Because the first step toward you becoming an overcomer is an attitude change. Something's got to shift in our perspective. We must stop magnifying the trouble and start magnifying God again. Come on now. Trouble is paralyzing. It's hypnotic and it has a way of stopping us in our tracks and it will arrest our purpose and it will captivate our minds. But if we could just set it aside long enough to give Jesus a chance, it does not have to be our destruction tonight listen I know troubles come and they knock the breath out of us sometimes I know they don't usually come with advance warning and allow us to brace ourselves and get prepared I know there's not some trouble radar I don't know how they find all these hurricanes I'm glad they do But there's not one of those for trouble out there. Don't have a forecaster coming out and telling you in about 10 days from now something's going to sweep in and move into your life. I know, I know how they come up on us because I'm wearing the same flesh that you got on tonight. They just come. And most of the time they come with vengeance and they come with fierceness and they come with cruelty. But in all of that, we cannot be affected by what comes, not by what we see. Man, that's tough. Not by what we hear and not even by what we experience. Because the key to your survival of storms and trouble is to stay planted in godly principles. Come on, I'm so thankful for the teaching we've been receiving around here the last, for, ever since I've been here, but specifically the last several Wednesday nights where we've talked about how important truth is. Aren't you thankful for truth? Come on, somebody. We've got to be planted in the Word of God. We've got to keep exercising our faith. We've got to keep trusting God. And we've got to root ourselves like never before deep into His Word. So enjoyed the message this past Sunday on focus, focusing on our faith. If you didn't hear it, you need to go back and listen to it. Because faith is our most powerful weapon for overcoming Satan. Why is that? It's because faith walks in harmony with God's Word. Faith trusts what God's Word has said and not what my current circumstances present to me see the enemy tonight wants to convince you that what you see with your natural and what you see in the physical is the ultimate truth and if he can capture your faith by getting you to believe your eyes he has you why do you think our world has become so visual everything today has a photo a video, or an image of some kind attached to it. Why? It's to desensitize the mind. It's to keep you from formulating your own image 
about a concept and to conform you to what the designer desires for you to see. Today's learners, I'm in the education, I'm in the classroom. Today's learners are becoming more and more reliant on visual aids. If they don't see a video or a picture, many can't even grasp the concept. Simple reading and allowing the mind to create its own image is being replaced by convenience and media. And all of humanity is becoming a bunch of robots. Controlled by an antichrist agenda. See, when I was a kid, we rode army men around in trucks and tanks made out of plastic. And we found bricks laying around in the yard. And we stacked them up and we made our forts. And that's how we played. And we pulled together all of those things. And we played with G.I. Joe's and all of those things. And that's how we did it in my day. But today, kids plug in a game system and simulate real warfare on a 70-plus inch high-definition screen. What we used to have to use our imagination to create, they have at the touch of a button. I'm not trying to do anything tonight with that example other than to say the natural would teach us if we'll learn from it about what's happening in the spiritual. The natural always reveals what's happening in the spirit. The enemy tries to control you by your eyes. That's why everywhere you go and everywhere you turn, there's worldliness in your face. Right? Sometimes we got to repent when we leave the mall just for what we saw. When all we went there for was a pretzel. It's a seed being planted trying to capture your mind. But in the spiritual realm, faith has the power to change those things that are seen in the natural to things that are in alignment with the Word of God. And if you want to be an overcomer tonight, and if you want your trouble to have purpose, you've got to look at it and learn to examine it through the lens of faith. If you want it to edify you and not destroy you, you've got to measure trouble when it comes on the scales of faith. Because genuine faith in the heart of a child of God has the power to change outward circumstances into inward confidence. A confidence that walks boldly when we should be fearful. It sees purpose when everyone else just sees the chaos. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. Come on, somebody. Am I making any sense tonight? See, the enemy's strategy is spiritual strongholds. So how does he get a foothold on me tonight? Here it is. He gets you to doubt what you know by troubling you 
with what you see. And if you continue to focus on the problem, then it only grows and the stronghold then gains strength. And you start doing what we all have done. You try to fix it, right? Trouble comes, we try to fix it. And you start to work in the natural, trying to fix the trouble. And in reality, all you are doing is wearing yourself out with your effort. Your intentions are good, yes. Your desires are good, yes. But your method is wrong. Because we'll never be an overcomer working in our own strength. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 4. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Hear me tonight. The only way to be an overcomer in this world is to gather to yourself an arsenal of spiritual weapons and use them to drive the enemy out of your mind. What are some of those weapons? Well, it goes back to that prayer, fervent prayer, Bible reading, fasting, faithfulness to the house of God, Come on, somebody. I know that sounds like old-fashioned teaching tonight, but let me tell you why we need old-fashioned teaching. We need old-fashioned teaching and old-fashioned preaching because we're fighting an old-fashioned devil tonight. Come on, his tricks are the same. His tactics are the same. His agenda is the same. He still has a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He still has a thief come to steal, kill, and destroy. He's still the greatest liar of them all because he birthed all the rest. Apostle Paul declared we are not ignorant to his Devices, we already know how he's going to work, yet we make ourselves weak and we make ourselves vulnerable because we deny the weapons that have been given to us to fight him. Wish I could convey it tonight, but when you learn to walk in faith and you learn to walk in God's word, you, in fact, make Satan a toothless, impotent enemy. He may come try to rob you of your substance. But we who trust Christ know that His authority was stripped when He was cast out of heaven. He was soundly defeated upon the cross. He's powerless. He's defeated and we are victorious tonight. Aren't you thankful for that? That the enemy you are facing has already been defeated and we know it. So we've got to get out of the shadow of trouble and get into the glory of God's presence. I've, I've, I've sat just holding on to the pew the last few services, Pastor. And, and I, I'm, I'm good. I, I, I try to I, I say something when they ask me to. 
But I've sat holding on to the pew because I can feel the presence of God moving in this place and God getting wanting to bust loose in this house. And we're caught up fighting something and we're caught up uh, subdued and, and, and being controlled by something that, that we've got to take serious and we've got to be real with it. But I wish sometimes we'd just throw our hands up and say, God, we're standing on holy ground today. We're standing in your presence today and we're going to see you glorified and we're going to see you magnified and we're going to lift up your name because we know when we lift you up you're going to draw us up and some of us need to be drawn closer to him in this time of trouble come on somebody we need to get back to where we walk into this house and we're ready to be here in our spirit not just in our body Oh, forgive me. I didn't have that in my notes. I didn't mean to say that tonight. But we need the glory of God to move among his people. Oh, Jesus, saturate this place with your glory, God. Let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every hindrance, God. And let you have dominion in this place. The trouble doesn't deserve the glory today. Jesus deserves the glory. Don't praise the problem. Praise the provider. Don't magnify the dilemma. Magnify the deliverer tonight. Come on, Job, teach us. I might have lost everything. My world's come crashing down, but all I need is Him. Oh, come on, I might be down to nothing in the natural, but blessed be His name. Come on, David, sing. Troubles are on every side. Enemies are all around. I can't even see past the drama right now, but oh, Lord, you're my shield. You're my strength. You're my defense, and you're my Savior. Oh, help us, Jesus. I know it might look dark when you look around this old world today. I know it can bring sorrow and sadness. I know it can be overwhelming at times. I know the bills stack up and the sickness is raging and the children sometimes test your patience. But be of good cheer. That's what Jesus preached. He said, be of good cheer and let your hearts not be troubled because I've overcome and because I've overcome overcome I've made you an overcomer with me come on do we still believe that tonight come on do we still believe that God will be our deliverer do we still believe that God will be our provider do we still believe that God will be our savior and our way maker come on somebody the day you let your faith get trumped by your trouble is the day you lose your hope Paul said, without that hope, without that hope, I would be miserable. Can I just tell you tonight that if your walk with God is miserable, you need a new encounter. If this still isn't joy unspeakable and full of glory, you need a new dose of the Holy Ghost. 
Some of us need to get tired of the misery and let our faith get some legs tonight and say, I will not sit here and die. Let me just throw this in if I can. The old saying said, misery loves company. Oh, sweet Lord. If the people around you aren't helping you to become an overcomer, it might be time to part company. Because you need to rid yourself of people places, things, devices, whatever it is that magnifies the trouble in your life. And you need to start surrounding yourself with things that promote faith. Come on, somebody. I wouldn't waste my time tonight with anything or anybody that keeps me living in anything less than complete victory tonight. You need some faith speakers in your life. You need some life speakers you need some promise speakers in your life been in this thing all my life blessed to be born to great parents raise me in this truth there's one thing I've discovered in my years in the church most characteristics whether they be good or bad or either inherited they're learned from another a peer or another or they're passed down from one generation to the next. And when we say stuff like that, many check out because we start thinking in the natural. And you're remembering bad role models in your life and you're looking for someone to place the blame on. But hear me tonight, when you got filled with the Holy Ghost, you got a new inheritance. And you got a new master. And you got a new father. And therefore, old things are passed away. And all things have become new. What does that mean to me? It means that it's squarely on me. And I'm left tonight with no excuse. Because now I can capture my freedom by the power of God's word and the blood of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? We literally take possession or secure or set forth our ability to overcome through His perfect example. That's why when trouble comes, you can't let it rob you of your faith or steal your praise and your worship. Because if you can keep it in perspective to Him, you can overcome it. It's so sad to me to see Christians, people of God who have inherited wondrous gifts from God, constantly being tripped up by the tactics of the enemy, all because we don't maintain the right perspective of him. And then we forget what he has done, which causes us to grow complacent. And then we sit with a sense of entitlement that leads us to a false sense of security where ultimately we lose sight of who we used to be crippling us from who we are supposed to be. Why can it all be traced back to us? I'm closing with this tonight and I'm going to hand this to pastor and get out of the way. Revelation 12 and 11 said this, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. 
It all comes back to us because the blood can't be challenged. I don't have time tonight, but the blood's been proven. Aren't you thankful for that? I grew up listening to there's power, not power, power in the blood. Wonder-working power in the blood. It's so in us. I can just be driving in my truck, not even thinking about anything, and just start singing. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. Of the Lamb. It just comes out because I've been taught my entire life you can trust the blood. Old pastor used to get up and see. I see a crimson stream of blood. It flows from Calvary. I believe in the blood tonight. Calvary couldn't kill the blood. The tomb couldn't contain the blood, and hell couldn't quench it because the blood works. But as powerful as the blood is, and I would never say anything to diminish its power, according to that scripture, it's only 50% of the equation. Because if you become an overcomer, it will take both the proven blood of Christ and your own testimony. What's a testimony? Simply said, it's evidence or proof that something exists or is true. See, because if the enemy can't get the blood, he'll settle for you. Because if he can't steal your testimony, because if he could steal your testimony by default, he does something that's never been possible. He defeats the blood. That's why you always have a hope of recovery. <laughs> because he may get our testimony for a season, right? But the blood can always buy it back. Aren't you thankful for that tonight? Come on. Why does that preacher want us to come in here and praise God all the time? Because he's trying to help you keep your testimony. Why does he call so many prayer meetings? Because he's trying to help you keep your testimony. Why does he want us to get up out of our seat and worship God? Because he's trying to get you to keep your testimony. Because he knows if you're going to be an overcomer, there's so much on you. You can't let trouble steal it. You can't let trouble rob it from you but you've got to come in and you've got to magnify the blood and you've got to stand in what you know because if you're ever going to be an overcomer 
It's going to be through his blood. And it's going to be because nothing could separate you from what you know God has done in your spirit. Nothing can take it. Nothing can drive it. Nothing can steal it. Come on, somebody. And we have this whole thing to know tonight that God has already purposed us to be this person. He's already bought it. He's already paid for it. He's already provided it. And all we've got to do is come in and put our focus on Him above what we see, above what they're telling us. Come on. Somebody needs to turn the news off for a little while. Get back in the Word. Find a place to pray. Begin to talk to God. Come on. I'd rather know what He says about it than what they say about it. I believe tonight I'm an overcomer because he told me tonight I'm an overcomer. Would you give him praise for his word? <laughs>